Well, hi there. We're with you today doing Foundations class. Uh, John and John, Pastor John, Pastor Jonathan, and we want to share with you from the Word of God uh, how to walk out, how to live for Jesus Christ, how to follow Jesus Christ. And we call this Foundations, but what we're looking at, and, and the real word would be the technical word, Doctrine. We want to teach doctrine over these next uh, number of weeks. And when we say that word doctrine, you kind of get lost with that, you know. Mm. And so the root word would be foundations. But when we say doctrine, what are we talking about, Jonathan? Yeah, so doctrine is actually one of the um, concepts in Christianity that I'm extremely passionate about. Doctrine deals with a set of beliefs. It's something we get directly from the Word of God. It's not... Folklore. It's not cultural opinion. It's not um, hype movement. But it's it's a study and a set of beliefs that comes directly from the Word of God. So it's very important that we understand what doctrine is and where do we get our statements of faith. Amen. So over these weeks together, we want you to join us and get plugged in. And our books that we're using, first of all, is the Bible, the Word of God, and then the Purple Book. And why is it called the Purple Book? Well, because it's purple. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do know, because um, I wanted to make this plug, there are people who have asked, because they heard we were doing this course online, Are the, is there books that we're selling? Can they get a copy of the purple book? Um, both campuses have copies available for them. If you're interested in that, just meet with somebody at the campus. They're about $10 to pick up the book, and we do have them available for you. So you can follow along while we do this. Yes, ask somebody at the Next Steps desk there. And they're, uh, I think, $10. $10, I think yep. T- yep. And so we're going to go through God's Word. Of course, it's going to be Genesis through Revelation, plenty of Scripture founded in the Word of God. And uh, we're going to see why this is trustworthy, why this is uh, legitimate and the only foundation for our lives. And so, uh, you know, we want you to become really a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ uh, a great man of God from the 19th century, an evangelist, and uh, D.L. Moody, he said, this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book, the Bible. Mm. Then he also said, uh, this book, the Bible, wasn't given to us to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives. Amen. And so this is life-changing, what we're looking at. 66 books, 39 Old Testament, 27 New Testament books, And uh, when you talk about doctrine, uh, a great book for you to go to in the New Testament is the Book of Romans. That's the Mm. book. If you can get a hold of the Book of Romans, that's going to be really what's going to be, I think, the catalyst for your life, the direction for your life there. So we're going to talk today, and we're going to go right here to lesson, well, we should say, what are some of the lessons we're going to look at? What does it have for us in the contents here? Yeah, so if we look at the table of context, we're really studying what is it, 12 different large lessons. Now, they have individual parts within them, but there's 12 categories we're looking at. And uh, if you want to take a couple, I'll take a couple. Sure, sure. So today we're going to kick off right from the beginning. What's our main problem? You've got a problem. You've got a problem. I've got a problem. We all have a problem. We're going to look at sin, and then the solution to that problem is salvation through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lordship of Jesus Christ and how important it is that uh, we obey him and trust him. 
We're going to look at repentance and water baptism, the Holy Spirit, who He is, God the Holy Spirit, the fruits, the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to look at... We're going to look at spiritual hunger in God's Word, oh, yeah. how the more we study the Word of God, the God begins to do a work in our hearts where we desire more of it. Amen. Um, discipleship and leadership, what that looks like in the church. That's good. Uh, spiritual family and church life prayer and worship and and how do we pray Amen. that that's a big question that many people have you know prayer sometimes can feel awkward and we want to make that organic and natural and and we'll study what does prayer look like according to the bible that's right faith and hope biblical prosperity and generosity when god blesses us he expects us to be a blessing to others mm-hmm. we want to use that evangelism and world missions and finally resurrection and final judgment yeah yep uh, you look at this, and there's so much there. And I, I think, uh, as we were talking earlier, uh, we were talking specifically earlier about men and, and men, you know, uh, loving, knowing Jesus, following Jesus. But it applies to all of us. That I think there are so many right now in our church family, Quakertown, Pinsburg. Let's just get local. Mm. That that say, I want to live for Christ. I want to follow Him, but they really don't know how. Mm and say, I want to, but I don't know how. And then we throw around some of these words and terms that we use, and they can become almost stumbling blocks because we don't quite understand what what they mean and what we're saying. So we want to break it down, make it easy, that Jesus called us to himself to follow him, and he doesn't want it to be harder than it has to be. There's challenges to that, but he wants us to be able to do this and do it well. So we talk about the problem that we do have, and... Yeah, sin is real. It really is. Sin is real. And uh, the big deception would be that sin doesn't exist any longer and maybe we don't have a sin problem. But we're going to go back to the beginning. I just want to read a couple of scriptures as intro. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. And it says that in Genesis, but the New Testament follows that up in the Gospel of John chapter 1, through him all things were made, What without him nothing was made that has been made. And then it says in Colossians 1.16, all things have been created through him and for him. And with that, we also see in the word of God that you were created by God and for God. God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. So I'd like to ask Jonathan, if you would, let's just open up in prayer. Lead us in prayer as we begin to get into God's word. Awesome. Thank you. Father, we just take the time to um, come before you, and we thank you for this moment, Lord, where we can just study your word together with people online who are watching and and those who will tune in later, Lord. And and we pray as we dive into your word that it would change us, God, that it would bring transformation to our minds, to our spirits, God, that this would not just be head knowledge, because sometimes it, it can get stuck there. But Lord, let it become application, mm. life-changing. Mm. Lord, you're, you said your word never returns void, Amen. that it goes out and does what it was sent to accomplish, God. So we're believing that in these next several weeks, that as we study your word together, that sure. lives will be changed, that men will come to know you, to love you, to serve you, to lead their families, God. Lord, that families would be transformed, that marriages mm. would be restored, Amen. that children will come into your kingdom and know you at a greater capacity, God. That's Lord, right. we pray for the burdens and the needs of your people, God. Mm-hmm. Those with rebellious and wayward sons, Lord, that they would come back home Amen. and know you, God. Lord, Amen. we call them That's by faith, That's God. That's your will. And we thank you, Lord, that it starts in the beginning as we just read God was in control 
that out of chaos, God formed everything. So you still know how to work in the midst of chaos, God. Mm -hmm. And we thank you for that. God, be with us in this study. Mm -hmm. God, we just ask for your anointing and your blessing in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So God has everything for us, for life, for godliness, for uh, after this life, for eternity. But we have to do something. We have to get into what he has for us. And if not, we're going to miss out in this whole life he has for us. And he has a whole lot more than just uh, praying a prayer, accepting him, Lord, forgive me of my sins, and then we go on our way. He's got a whole life for us, Mm. a good life for us. And so how did we get here today? And we look at this, and we talk about this thing called sin. And so, um, yep, tragic results, because he said in the beginning, God created everything, and he said, he made a pronouncement, it's all good, it's all good. And, uh, but sin entered into this world, uh, we have an idea, some of you, how that happened. We know how that happened. Some of you kind of have that idea, you know, Adam and Eve, and you think there's an apple tree. It doesn't say there's an apple. It's a fruit tree. It's a fruit tree. But God said you can have all of this, everything, except this one thing. Amen. And I want to pause right there because I've heard this said several times in discussion. And, and I want to make this point. Adam and Eve were real people. Yeah, that's right. This is not a metaphorical story mm-hmm. that, that somebody put together to explain good and evil in the world. We believe as Christians they were real people. God created everything, and, and he did it by his spoken word. Amen. And so I wanted to start with Amen. that real quick. Amen. And that's a good phrase you just said, by his spoken word. Mm. Power in God's word and when we begin to talk about prayer and talk about God's written word and us in agreement speaking the word, there's power there. Amen. So God spoke by the power of his word. What we have, everything came into existence, the universe, the stars, the planets, solar systems, galaxies, planet Earth. And here we are, real people, Adam and Eve, he created. But first he created Adam. Yes. And so, yeah, talk about that just for a moment there. He created Adam. Yeah, so God created Adam, and the first thing he did was he gave him charge of everything that God made. The Bible actually talks about he took Adam and placed him in the garden. He gave him the responsibility to care for it, to to love it, to nurture it. He named the animals. He took care of everything God had. God trusted him, and Adam had responsibility. So men, I want to tell you, we might say we hate work. But God gave us work. So work is good when we do it for his glory. Yeah, it's a gift from the Lord. Yes. And we're going to see why at times we hate work. Yeah. And it's this sin thing. So God created, and we see verse 10 through 25 of Genesis 1, the land, the seas, the grass, the fruit, the lights, the the sea creatures, the birds, the land animals. After everything he created, he made this pronouncement. Use this word, good, 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 good. And then... Uh, we see uh, verses 16 and 17 of Genesis chapter 2. What was God's command to the first human beings? And as I said, you can eat from all this, have all of this, except don't eat from this one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm. And, of course, we know that they eventually did. And who knows how long they lived in the garden? You know, sometimes we get a picture, oh, God created Adam and he was... Uh, uh, alone, and God said, it's not good that he's alone. So he created his helpmate equal to him, Mm -hmm. and uh, didn't take uh, Eve from 
the head of Adam or the foot of Adam out of the side of Adam. Mm-hmm. They're, they're equal. God gave them roles and responsibilities, but one's not better than the other. Right. And, and, and so we see that it wasn't good. Adam was alone. And now there's Eve. And boy, Adam is pleased and Adam is thrilled because he understood, I can't fully relate to all the creation, but I can relate to, to each other. Each other. And, and I want to touch on that. Because verse 18, Genesis 2, 18 Mm -hmm. says, Then the Lord said, It is not good for the man to be alone. That principle still applies today. That's right. We do not thrive in isolation. Just going to be honest. Yeah, talk about it. We we do not thrive. Church ministry does not thrive separate, distant. I know we've entered into a season where we've said, Hey, if you feel uncomfortable, watch online. But I want to encourage you. We can't grow spiritually together unless we are a part of each other's lives. We hold each other accountable. Mm -hmm. We grow with each other. We we carry each other's burdens. We pray for others. This is not to be judgmental at all. This is the word of God. Mm -hmm. It said Mm -hmm. it is not good for man to be alone. Yeah. We see it right here in the beginning. We, We see it throughout the word of God. We see it really displayed in the New Testament, in the early church, Mm -hmm. that we are meant to live life together for Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, spur one another on to good works, encourage each other, hold each other accountable, Amen. you know, challenge each other, and, and let's go after God together. But you see, the, everything was good except this one thing. God said it's not good that he's alone. So he creates Eve out of the side of Adam. They've been given the commandment. You can have everything. And I think about that. And we criticize them. Boy, they, they sinned. They disobeyed. They rebelled against God. They did their own thing. And they believed the lie from Satan as he entered into the garden and took on uh, the guise of a snake, of a serpent. But the thing was, they had everything, but they still wanted the one thing they couldn't have. And before we criticize them, don't we do the same thing today? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I covet that cookie. You yeah, know, I think yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have that. Yeah, yeah, you know, you could have, oh, thank God for my home and my car. And, oh, but look at that home and look at that car or whatever, you know. And uh, But one thing that, so we see the sin nature comes in. And so uh, we, we look in Genesis chapter 3. So how did Adam and Eve respond to God's command? We don't know how long they lived there. I think that's why I started to say, sometimes we get a picture, he creates them, they live a few months, and then they sin. Could have been years, could have been years and years living in an absolutely perfect environment. Mm. Perfect environment. I think about that. Every every tree was perfect. Every plant was perfect. The animals were in perfect harmony. The weather was perfect. Adam's relationship with God was perfect. They, They he walked with them. He walked with them every day. God came. It says in the cool of the evening, Mm. and they shared fellowship and friendship and conversation yeah wow yeah wow everything everything and so how did adam and eve respond to that command well what they do uh i don't know how many times they may have looked at that tree mm. but you start looking mm. maybe you look a little bit longer maybe you stare at that a little bit longer think about that a little bit longer and pretty soon that begins to grow in, in your heart. What would that be like? Mm. You know, maybe I would enjoy that. And so what is happens one day, you know, Adam's, whatever job he's on, whatever he's doing, the responsibility of caring for the land, for the garden, and, and the work was not frustrating, no. exhausting, 
It was beneficial. It yeah. was productive. It was fruitful. Everything flourished like, man. So that's where we have a problem with work sometimes because it's frustrating. It's yeah. not fruitful. It's not successful. Yeah. Everything he did was successful. It worked. Mm. So one day he's working, we, it looks like. So there's Eve. And so what happens with Eve and, and Satan shows up and, and looking at that tree and the fruit of the tree. So what's the dynamic that's taking place there that we see? Yeah, so we're just going to read it from the Bible because I want to make sure that it's accurate. Remember, doctrine comes straight from the Word of God. It, we don't want it to be folklore or anything else. And and when we look at um, sin and how it entered the world, we want to make sure we read it exactly from what the Bible says. And they sin together. But yes. I think here's a, as you just said, we're meant to do this together. I, I think Satan took his opportunity to divide and conquer here. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at Genesis chapter 3, starting with verse 1. And I'm reading from the um, NLT translation. I feel like that's sometimes easier for teenagers and younger kids. So that, that's what I read. It's from. accurate. New Living Translation. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, Did God really say... You must not eat the fruit of any trees in the garden. So we see the interaction first. Satan questioned what God already said. Put a little seed of doubt in yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Can okay. we really trust God here? And, and if we're honest, all of us have those moments when life doesn't make sense. Can I trust God with my finances? Can I trust God with my future? Can I trust God with my health? We, we all have those moments where Satan approaches us with that seed of doubt. What I fully don't understand right now. Yeah. Can I trust him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's keep reading. So Satan says, did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Verse 2. Of course we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it or you will die. Mm. So I want to pause there. Couldn't even touch it. Couldn't even touch it. This is really important because when we studied what God actually said, he didn't make that command. I think Eve had good intentions. She wanted to honor God. She wanted to do everything she could to please him. But God said, don't eat it. That's right. She added that extra layer of don't touch it or you die. And see, this is what happens when we add on to God's word. We take it out of context. We build our own human um, boundaries and principles and rules. We compromise what he said and it becomes a burden. Yeah, yeah. It's exact. That's why I emphasize that because you're right. Yeah. I didn't see God say that. He didn't. God didn't say that. He didn't. And that's the thing. So they sinned. And of course, he goes talk to them. They come back and... And we could get all into this. It's not Eve's fault. Adam was the spiritual leader. God gave Adam those commands, those instructions. Adam passed them on to Eve. They, she knew, he knew. Adam, and if we're going to say, uh, he should have said, no, we're not doing that. He mm. should have resisted. He should have stood firm, stood strong. He didn't. He gave in to temptation. They ate together. And then the results of that, what do we see taking place? The results of that, it says they ate together and they immediately realized they were naked. Mm. And what we look at that, God was no longer their covering. Mm. What do they go out and do? They got the the uh, the leaves and they begin to cover for themselves. But what we see taking place is as they are fleeing from God, God comes looking for them. Mm. God comes seeking them. Uh, and that's what I want us to see. We try to run. We try to hide from God. We may not want anything to do with God. And God keeps looking for us. Amen. 
He never gives up on us. And, and that's a wonderful picture from the very beginning. So humanity covers up from God, and God searches out humanity. And, and we see, of course, uh, God says, no, not the fig leaves. And what covering does God give to uh Adam and Eve, and this is prophetic and symbolic. Yeah, he gives animal skins. He covers them with animal skin. And and that's powerful because ultimately, I believe, well, that's why I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure we're saying it right. Yeah, read what the Bible says. Yep, yep. God. We'll find it. We're going to get back to you. Yeah, we'll come back. But God, you know, they take, and they have to wear animal skins, and and it's prophetic that... um, a life has to be given, mm. uh, and a life has to be taken that there would be a covering for our sin. And then we would see uh, that, that God would give years and years later Moses the instructions about the per- perfect, pure, spotless lamb without defect that would have to die. There would be a covering for sin, but pointing the way ultimately to Jesus Christ. Amen. Who would take away your sin? Did you just find it exactly? Yeah, verse 20 says actual animal skin. So that might be a difference in translation because I was thinking it was probably the lamb and and stuff. So it might be translation. What translation are you using? Verse 20 of chapter... Of chapter... Three. three. And Adam called his wife, Naomi, because he was the mother of our living. Also for him and his wife, the Lord God, made tunics of skin and clothed them. That's the New King James Version. Okay. So an animal had to die. So an animal had to become their covering, which was prophetic and a precursor of the lambs that would come and the precursor of the ultimate lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who take away the sin of the world. So now they are in this sin condition and they are removed from the garden and they are expelled from the garden and they're separated from God. Mm. Sin separates us from God. And it is a sad day for Adam and Eve. And I'm going to tell you, it's a sad day for God. Mm. That communion has been broken, mm. forever, ever, seemingly altered, except for the one to come that Amen. can take our sin problem. And the problems we're having uh, in your life, in my life, in our culture today, it's a sin problem. Yes. We want to say that. You know what? We're all one race. We all go back to Adam and Eve, and their science approves this. Uh, but the thing is, we have different ethnic- ethnicities. Yep, yep. But we're all one race. Human beings, we all go back to Adam and Eve, and yet the sin problem is dividing us mm. and pitting us against each other. And there's an answer for the sin problem, and that's what we're looking at here today. It's Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, the, what's the results of sin? We'll talk about some of the results of sin. I said it separates us from God, and so there's different de- definitions to sin. One is that we miss the mark. Mm. Like there's a target and you have an arrow or you're at the gun range and you're just missing that mark. And yeah, we do that. I've, I've missed the mark a lot of times in my life. Uh, but there's seriousness to sin. Sometimes sin is described as a trespass, uh, crossing forbidden lines or boundaries. And I think we can relate to that. What, what do you think of when you think of the word uh, iniquity? What comes to your mind when you think of the word, that word iniquity? Well, see, I'm going to throw some Christianese out there because that's what I think of right away. I think of like a generational sin. It's a generational curse. It's something that follows the family line. We see that alcoholism can follow into generations. When the father struggles with that, the son can pick that up, and then the next son can pick that up. That's an iniquity. It's a sin that follows a family line. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, they can get in there, and, and, and the goodness that was originally there has been twisted mm. or perverted, mm. and they become strongholds. And the New Testament talks about that in our lives. Mm. But they can be broken, Amen. absolutely broken. So we look at, uh, and it jumps into the New Testament, the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1. It says that we are dead in sin, separated from God, that's what that talks about. Mm. But then we can be made alive through Jesus Christ. Amen. So how does that take place? Made alive through Jesus Christ. And so sin is serious business. It's serious to God. When we're in sin, it says that God's uh, absolutely, I don't want to say he doesn't love us. He always loves us, but that separates us from a holy God. Right. And so his judgment in that sense is against us. Mm. We're standing in the judgment of God. And reason we have a trouble probably getting a handle on sin is because we, we fail to realize how perfect and holy in all of his ways is God. Yeah. We bring him down to our level too much. Yeah. And, and if we start getting a picture of how perfect he is, how holy he is, how pure he is, he's right in his love, he's right in his goodness, he's right in his kindness, he is perfectly right in his judgment. Mm. And I, and I think to add on to that, some people believe that, um, you know what, sin's really not that bad because there's no consequence. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think we need to remember that God is also merciful and full of grace and compassion. But Revelation does talk about that when we sin, it's storing up wrath. That, right. that there's a cup being filled up. So, so the, the reality is either we're going to drink that cup of wrath one day. Mm -hmm. Or Jesus drank it for us. That's it. And and we have to remember that no sin goes unpunished. We may not see the effects of the results immediately, but we will all stand before God one day. Mm -hmm. and, and and either Jesus is going to take that cup for you, or we have to take it ourselves. That's right. That's exactly exactly right. Uh, let's jump to lesson three in chapter one. Okay. And God's solution for sin. Let's get to Jesus and his death and his resurrection, because we're going to have to wrap it up, I think, yep, right yep. here with, with this section right here. So we encourage you, get your Bible here. Let's go to several verses. But so what is the penalty of sin, the consequences of sin? You said, are there consequences? It, it, it's death, both spiritual and physical. Mm. Adam and Eve were going to live forever. Now, because of sin brought into the world, well, the first consequence is th this body is going to... Uh, have physical problems, it's going to have sicknesses and disease, mm. this body will get old, and this body, I'm going to die one day. Right. But first of all, uh, sin has separated me, that's the spiritual death from a holy, loving Father God. Mm. Uh, uh, that's the worst consequence right there. And, and I want to clarify, that doesn't mean death like an annihilation point of view. You don't just stop existing. The yeah. Bible is very clear that that hell exists, that the lake of fire exists, there will be an eternal punishment. And 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 sometimes we want to like ignore that in the Bible because we do want to believe, well, God is all love. He'll never judge, but it's there. And we're going to talk about that down the road, yes. but we're, there's going to be a consciousness separated from God and a consciousness in the presence of God for all of eternity. Amen. But there's yep. going to be a consciousness. We're going to live on. So we're only in a few years here on planet Earth, but we have all eternity that we're going to be alive. Yeah. So what is necessary for the forgiveness and the removal of sin? And we see it's the shedding of blood. And then for thousands of years that God gave the instructions to Moses 
to take a pure, spotless animal, lamb without defect or flaw, bring it to the priest. They brought it uh, to the temple. We see it on the altar, sacrificed. And there's a whole lot more we could say there, but really that we'd be covered and our sin would be covered, but it's only temporarily. It wasn't the ultimate answer. So uh, the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away our sins. Uh, It's not effective. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that. Mm. And so we come to the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus uh, comes to planet Earth, and he begins to prophesy about Jesus' birth, Jesus' ministry. Jesus is now 30 years of age, ready to start his ministry, And the evangelist, John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, the forerunner, uh, preparing the way for the Savior, the Messiah, Jesus, he points out one day and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The mission of Jesus Christ to bring us back and restore us to God the Father. Separated and now the road to restoration. And so Jonathan's going to show us uh, the power of Jesus right here. Amen. So Romans 5, 9 says that we are justified, free from guilt. Justified is a big Christian word. It is a doctrinal word, Mm -hmm. but it just means we are made right before God. We we stand right before God because of the work of Jesus. And we get that from, again, Romans 5, 9. Ephesians 1, 7 says that we are redeemed or delivered. That's That's another powerful word, redeemed. Mm Mm-hmm. We were bought, we were mm-hmm. taken out, we were mm-hmm. removed from bondage. God mm-hmm. redeemed us. He paid the price, he paid the penalty. Amen, amen. Uh, uh, did you want to add to that? or No, no, go okay. ahead, that's good. Ephesians 2.13 says that we were once far away from God, but then he brought us near. Amen. And, and I think that's a good thing to remember. We, we didn't chase after God, God brought us near. Just like the garden. He came down looking for Adam and Eve. Mm. He knew exactly what had happened, right. but but he goes after us. Mm. Amen. He never gives up. He never stops. You're never too far away from God. Your sin is never too big for God. Amen. He keeps coming. Amen. And, and he, he gave him a chance, too. Amen. Always. That's great. 1 John 1, 7 says that he cleans us or continually washes us whole. So God... God continually forgives us of sin. He's washing us. Oh, He's redeeming you. us. That's right. He's growing us. We, That's right. we start one way when we come to Jesus, but God loves us too much to leave us there. That's he exactly. grows us. That's one of my favorite sayings. That's so true. Mm. Amen. And Revelation 1.5 says, again, he washes us free from sin. There's this emphasis that God not only redeems us, he bought us, he restored us, he saved us, he delivered us. But he justified us, put us in right standing, and then continues to grow us as his children. Because it says we're adopted into his family. Yes, amen. Amen. And we're not we're not pawns of God. Mm-hmm. We're not slaves of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. Mm-hmm. We belong to a family. Yeah. And God walks with us. What what he does here, and we see it here in, in uh, chapter one. And I want you to get into it. I want you to get this book and get your Bible. He gives us a new heart. And it's grace through faith that all of this is available to us when we receive Jesus Christ by faith. Ask Him to come into our hearts and lives. Mm. And it's called that we're born again. We're saved. We're going to talk about that more as we get into next week. But we want you to join us. I think we're doing everything we can 
to make this as easy as possible for you to get a hold of the Word of God and grow in the Word of God. And so uh, anytime that works for you, in your jammies, in your sweatpants, or, or whatever. Sipping a cup of coffee. That's it. <laughs> you can get your Bible, get your purple book, watch us. We're going to be back again next week. And we want to help you grow in the Lord, know your Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless. Do you want to pray? Okay. Lord, we love you because there's no one like you. Thank you for your great love. Thank you for your great sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, that when we accept you positionally, we are seated with you, as your word tells us, in heavenly places. I'm not perfect, but I am whole. I am cleansed. I'm forgiving. And you're working in me, Lord Jesus, that I'm in the process of becoming more like you. And I thank you for that. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you want to spend time with me and I can talk with you through prayer. Bless my brothers. Bless my sisters. May we grow together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.